the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, hello, my friends. I'm Dennis Prager. I would say at least 10 years ago, maybe 15 or maybe 20, I pushed for recording teachers in classrooms. I have a column on it from, I don't know, 15 years ago. Certainly did a show on, many shows on it. So it brings me joy to see that something that may have sounded idiosyncratic at that time is now becoming more normative. You send your children all day to be taken care of by people, many of whom are contemptible human beings, teaching contemptible things. Not all, but it doesn't matter. How many people at a daycare center need to be disgusting for you to take your child out of the daycare center? Moreover, the daycare center has video cameras. Why doesn't the school? Why are teachers so afraid? I taught at college. I loved when kids recorded me. I loved it. I thought, wow, I can get my ideas out to more people than just those sitting in the classroom. But, but that frightens college teachers, high school teachers, and elementary school teachers. frightens them. If parents know what they are saying and doing, they know that parents will object. Your child is being abused mentally, intellectually, emotionally. And for those of you who believe that we are more than material matter in terms of their soul... I don't mean the salvation of their soul, just that part of the human being that is not physical, that ideally is elevated. If there's any more dramatic example of my take on life, that the left destroys everything it touches, education is at the top of the list. So there are now calls to do that. I saw a video on Tucker Carlson of a teacher, I don't, I, I don't know if it was high school or elementary school, screaming at a student who, I think it was, would not wear a mask, who's, uh, and, and uh, I mean, it was just, it was contemptible. You're going to kill us. Shows how stupid the teacher is. Teacher is vaccinated. Those of you who are vaccinated and care if somebody else is not vaccinated have entered the realm of the irrational in such a profound way as to be unworthy of serious discussion. Yes, even if you had COVID, get vaccinated. Even if you're vaccinated, don't be around people who are not vaccinated. What the hell is the use of the vaccine? Well, it doesn't work all of the time. Well... What does that say about the vaccine? 
Either you believe it works or it doesn't work. It works a lot of the time. Is that a new type of vaccine? It works a lot of the time. Did the polio vaccine work a lot of the time? I want body cams on teachers or on students. Better, I don't care if they're on teachers. We want body cams on police. Why, why don't we want them on students? The cavalier attitude most parents have toward what happens to their child when they send them to school is quite remarkable. The thing most human beings treasure most, their children, they have abandoned. It's, it's unprecedented in, in a free society, certainly in American society, which was so values-based, because without the values you have no America. We're not ethnicity-based. We're not race-based. We are values-based. I don't care what happens to my child from 9 to 5 or 8 to 4 or whatever the hours are. That's basically what parents say. I find it uh, remarkable. And that is the story one of the stories of the day, the NEA, the National Education Association, has come out as essentially as a communist group. I don't even think that they would find the term uh, insulting. You? They would say, what, so what's so wrong with communism? That's what, uh, that's what would happen there. It's interesting that uh, the, uh, who was it, Media Matters? And what was the other one? Democratic Underground? Hey, guys, hello. This is Dennis. Good to see you again today. I hope you will once again put up my sighting from Bjorn Lomberg, who will be on the show, so you'll have even more to put up. I want to thank them for exposing this notion that fewer people have died as the planet has gotten warmer. This is not climate denial. This is alarmism denial. This is panic denial. It's either true or not true. That's never never a question the left asks. Media Matters has never asked the question, is it true or not true? They ask, is it anti or pro-left? That is the standard by which Media Matters. If you don't know of Media Matters, it's because you don't follow the left. I don't, I, don't, I don't blame you. You're the reason to follow them. But I, I just use them as an example of the, the world of lie that permeates the left because they don't ask the question, is it true? Is it true or not that fewer people have died as the globe has gotten warmer? That's, that's uh, di- excuse me, died of heat as opposed to cold. Cold, as Bjorn Lomborg was, what is the ratio? Seven to one? Seven to one people dying of cold. So, give you an idea of the intellectual level of the people who visit those pages. One said, oh, ho, 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 ho. no, a lot of people living in the Sahara and the Gobi Desert, right? A lot of life there. That is definitely a college graduate. This is someone who is impressed with their intellect for no good reason. Uh, is there any, uh, how much life is there in the Siberian tundra? northern Canada. Hot places are far more populated with life than cold places are. 
The man who wrote it is an idiot. Is an idiot. <laughs> the arrogance of the, the these people is only surpassed by the ignorance. Anyway, Bjorn Lomborg will be coming uh, on. Wearing a mask can expose children to dangerous levels of carbon dioxide. Did you know that? Bet you you didn't. Young children may have been hurt by wearing Daily Mail. By wearing masks over the past year, as they may have been exposed to unsafe carbon dioxide levels in minutes, a new study found. A study led by researchers in Poland, Germany, and Austria wanted to test whether making young children wear masks at schools and other public areas could have done more harm than good. Why didn't we have such a test? Why was it in Poland, Germany, and Austria? They found that some children were reaching 12 times the acceptable limit within only three minutes of wearing the mask. According to the study funded by the German charity Mediziner und Wissenschaftler für Gesundheit, Freiheit und Demokratie. I want you to know the primary reason I read you this piece was to do the German. I admit it. See? You knew that. <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> Triple G knew it. Researchers who published their study in JAMA Journal, which is, by the way, I am shocked that the Journal of the American Medical Association, the problem is, since I'm shocked, it doesn't matter to me that it was published there. I no longer trust JAMA. It's been corrupted as uh, all medical authorities have. Researchers found that carbon dioxide levels among children of all age groups was far exceeding healthy levels. There was also a trend of younger children having much higher carbon dioxide levels than older children. The highest recorded level was more than 12 times the healthy level. I I said from the beginning, masks on children was child abuse. I'm Dennis Prager. We return. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, so I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Hey folks, Dennis Prager with you. I'm Dennis Prager. I 
I just read that there will not be any spectators at the Tokyo Olympics. The Japanese are so afraid. The Japanese people, they don't even they didn't even want the Olympics to take place. Here's an interesting question. Why have I not been afraid one day since the beginning and most people have been scared out of their minds? Isn't that an interesting question? Now you could say I'm a lunatic. Is that your answer? Fine. But it is a worthy question. Now, why wasn't the living martyr? Now you might say, well, that that's why he has the name living martyr. He was actually hoping for COVID. To tell the truth, I was hoping for COVID. I wanted to get the antibodies early on. But I've been taking ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and vitamin D and zinc. And I... I was living with two people who had COVID. I did not wear a mask in their presence. And I did not socially distance in their presence, nor did my wife. So that's a real interesting question. Even if you are far left, well, there's no difference between far left and left. There's a difference between left and liberal. Even if you are left you got to admit, it's an interesting question. Why are you far more likely to be scared than a conservative? Right? That, that is a legit question. My answer is, you're just scared. You're scared of everything. That's why you have safe spaces on college campuses. You're constantly scared. You're scared that you will die of, of the world overheating. Right? What what are you not scared of? The only thing I'm scared of is you taking over the country. I have no other fears. But you fear everything, and that is animating in a leftist. There was no protest all this year. There's still none? Kids of two have to wear a mask on a, on a, on a plane? Are you joking? And you, you think that, that's, that that is rational? How many two-year-olds have died of COVID versus other, other reasons for dying? How many two-year-olds have killed anybody with COVID? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve-year-olds. Yes, so the Tokyo Olympics will take place with no one in the stadium. It loses something, would you say? <laughs> it's, it's sort of, sort of meant to be done in front of, 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 of yes, the opening night ceremony. There will be nobody cheering, and now the team from Holland. Silent. Isn't it fascinating? Why is there no such thing as, hey, you want to kill yourself, you go out there without a mask, but I'm not going to force you to wear one. Oh, because you'll kill me. Yeah, but I thought you were vaccinated. Yeah, but it doesn't always work. There you go. It's a deterioration in the American character that has taken place over the last 50 years, 75 years actually, beginning with the baby boomers who were spoiled by the greatest generation. The greatest generation didn't know how to raise children. 
the, the parents of the greatest generation knew how to raise children. And their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. And by the way, one of the signs of poor upbringing is wanting to be loved by your child at all times. As if parents are in a popularity contest. Hey, bud. I know a lot of you call your kid bud or buddy. And a lot of times you're a wonderful parent, but I, it's not my, my theme. Your, kid is, your child is not your buddy. It's your child. Between, I, I don't call my son son, except sometimes it's a joke pick up the phone, how you doing, son? I call them by their names. But I prefer son to buddy. What do you think, son? So yesterday, I was on Carl Jackson's show in Orlando, Florida. I am very proud to have brought to radio, to national radio, Carl Jackson. He was already on radio. And he will be sitting in, apparently, for Larry Elder. He announced it. And he thanked me for making that possible. And I now have three people that I have brought to radio. Larry Elder, Carl Jackson, and... Julie, Julie Hartman. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to do that. Carl Jackson mentioned to me how he was raised. It was really, uh, it's something worth playing for you. I don't have a recording of my show. It was, it's obviously just that it was only heard in Orlando. You'll hear him nationally. Should Larry Elder announce for governor. And he mentioned how he really resented his father growing up because he was such a tough, tough father. And before he said anything else, I remember what I was thinking. But holy cow, did that man produce a wonderful human being in Carl Jackson. And then he added, and as I've gotten older... Become more and more thankful for my father's strictness. Yes. My generation was spoiled rotten by not all of us. I certainly wasn't. I had a very tough father and a tough mother, for that matter. And if you think I'm a good guy, that's a big reason. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you about an interesting supplement that has made a big deal in my life. I had the the pins and needles feeling in my feet. I've had it for about 25 years. It got quite intense. So among the things I did is I had inserts put in, which helped because it lifted the bone from the nerve. And I threw away the inserts last year after I started taking Nerve Renew. I read about Nerve Renew on the internet, and so I tried it out. And amazingly, after about a year, doesn't happen overnight. I got rid of the inserts I had worn for 10 years. It's minimal, the uh, the pins and needles effect that I have. I'd like you to try it out. Go to NerveRenew.com. They offer a two-week trial of their product and a one-year money-back guarantee. 
NerveRenew.com or your two-week trial now. I asked them to advertise. That's how effective I think the product is, NerveRenew.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. My next guest does not work for the Mediziner und Wissenschaftler für Gesundheit, Freiheit und Demokratie. I just want to announce that. I, you know, I wonder if Bjorn Lomberg gets a tiny bit nervous before coming on my show. What will Dennis Prager do? Is there is there a voice in you that says that, Bjorn? Well, there is certainly a voice that was trying to understand what you did tell me I was not from. But yes, it's always entertaining uh, to hear what you're going to come up with next. It was the name of of a German research organization that I had cited earlier on masks and the effect, deleterious yeah, effect of masks on children. So I just right. get I just yeah. got a kick yeah, out no, of saying I'm not it. From that organization. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, Bjorn Lomberg is one of my favorite people, ladies and gentlemen. It's as simple as that. He and uh, it's a very simple uh, uh, reason. He is rational and courageous. That's uh, a great combination. He. He actually is the embodiment of what the left claims they do, and that is follow science. And the uh, just he's the founder of the Copenhagen Consensus Center, visiting fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University. His latest book is False Alarm, How Climate Change Panic Costs Us Trillions, Hurts the Poor, and Fails to Fix the Planet. Truly, I would say one of the ten most important books of the recent past. Okay, so Bjorn, you wrote a fantastic piece for USA Today. Why did they publish you? <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm serious. I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think you you got to ask them. I, I think they're they're actually pretty good at at not just uh, listening to sort of the standard fare. I mean, look, on global warming, almost all the time you hear this is the end of the world. We're all going to die. It's a terrible catastrophe. And look. Global warming is a real problem, but it's not the end of the world. And pretending that it is makes us vastly misuse our resources. It makes us you know, spend lots of resources on pretty dumb policies. It makes us not very smart about how to actually tackle climate change. And, of course, it makes us forget all the other problems we need to fix. And I think USA Today actually wants us to understand that, just like every other policy option, you need to hear more voices instead of just that one voice. Climate change is bad. It's the end of the world. We all got to change our life right now. Has the New York Times or Washington Post ever published you? Oh, they 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 used to publish me uh, uh, a lot more, both of them. Uh, but no, I have. I, I was in New York Times uh, last year, but that was. Uh, mostly because a uh, uh, Nobel laureate uh, guy I know actually had had um, had uh, uh, had written some pretty terrible things about me and uh, for wrong reasons. But no, they don't normally uh, do that anymore. And and it is a big shame because honestly, climate change, like pretty much all other issues, it's not a partisan issue. It should be about being smart about our resources. It should be about saying, look, climate change is a real problem, but We've got to fix it smartly. We can't afford to fix it badly. Well, for the record, being smart is a partisan issue, but I I, I won't develop that. <laughs> well, I, w- I would hope it's not. I think there are we, smart we're... people on both sides. But again, I'm not American. But but you know, I, I really think 
being smart is something that both Demo- Democrats and Republicans ought to be able to agree on. But yeah, sure, there's going to be differences. The difference between ought and is is big. Your column is very important about the uh, the deaths, and I cited it. It's you find you will find this of interest. I read from your column on my show a couple of days ago, and the excerpts were then posted on Media Matters and another left-wing site as an example of the idiocies of the right, that they would claim that more people are dying from cold than from heat. In other words, it was, it was a self-evident idiocy that only the right could believe. And so I just want you to know, just reading your article got me into their uh, radar. It, 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 it's really, that's what I mean by uh, smart is not partisan. Okay, or is partisan, I should say. So explain verbally what you wrote about. So uh, a lot of people have been talking lately about heat deaths from the heat dome in the, the northwest. And obviously, that heat wave was terrible. It's probably killed many hundreds of people. And there's, you know, there's nothing good about uh, a, a heat wave. And certainly part of this is likely to be the kind of thing that we would see from climate change. So people are pointing out, see, this is climate change. This shows we need to do something about climate change. We need to change course. Right. Hold it there. Don't, don't forget where you are. Bjorn Lomborg, uh and climate change. And I'm back in a moment. Okay. Bjorn Lomborg. But Bjorn Lomborg, by the way, are you, is your field economics, is that your background? I'm actually a political scientist, so I think I'm a pretend economist. I work with uh, you know hundreds of the world's top economists, uh, but I'm just a lowly uh, political scientist myself. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a bit too humble for my show, but nevertheless, you're not lowly on this show. <laughs> All right, I'm a great political okay. economist. Okay, thank you. <laughs> there you go. All right, so back to this column, folks, which is up at DennisPrager.com. It is so con- it is so consequential about comparing deaths from cold to deaths from heat. And, and just giving the lie to how spectacularly fatal it is. So continue, please. So everyone talks about these heat deaths. And yes, they're important. And obviously, we should do uh, policies to avoid people dying from heat. But as you pointed out, almost everywhere, cold deaths vastly outweigh heat deaths. Every year in the U.S. and Canada, about 2,500 people die from uh, heat, but more than 130,000 people die from cold. Uh, and, and, you know, so there's just a, 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 an incredible gap between these two numbers. And yet most people, as you also just presented, sort of assume, of course, there are more heat deaths than cold deaths. No, there are not. Uh, this is obvious in cold Canada, but it's also true for both Spain and the U.S. and Brazil, and even in very hot countries like India. And this is not just my uh, understanding or a few period uh, papers. This is what everyone shows in the World Health Organization in their global burden of disease. So this is not something you can have an opinion about. This is just the way it is. So what you need to understand is as temperatures rise, you will see more heat deaths. That's true. 
and that's a problem. But we're actually currently seeing even fewer cold deaths. So we're seeing more avoided cold deaths than we see extra heat deaths. So right now, it is actually such that we're probably seeing about 100,000 more heat deaths, but about 200,000 fewer cold deaths because of global warming. If you're only being told about the people that die from heat, which is true, but not being told about the very, very many people who don't die from cold because of global warming, you're not very well informed. So ironically, or at least ironically, if one believes what one reads in most newspapers, it is fair to say that fewer people are dying as a result of global warming. It is true today. The important bit is to remember that what we talk about and what we're trying to do with climate change is not really about changing the temperature or even the temperature increase right now. It's about changing it over the next 50 to 100 years. And in that time period, it is very likely that there will be at least as many or possibly even more extra heat deaths compared to fewer cold deaths. So in some way, you could say this is a benefit that we were already scheduled to have. And so we have to have the conversation about what are we going to do for the next 50 to 100 years. But the crucial bit is still to remember you're only being told one side, the negative side or the scary part of climate change. And of course, you're not being told how do you mostly save people from heat? You do it through air conditioning. Remember, the U.S. has seen increasing heat uh, at least since the 1960s. And what you have also seen is fewer people dying from heat. Why? Because you've got air conditioning. And of course, that's the simple and cheap and effective way that you will save people around the world. That mostly is about making sure that people are not poor. Exactly. So one more thing that uh, I, I, I've never gotten a coherent response to. If people truly believe the dangers of global warming, why are they not passionate advocates of nuclear power? Uh, and that's a very good example of why people are probably not really worried about global warming, because obviously if you think this is the end of the world, it seems very, very weird that you would say, so let's do the policies that haven't worked for the last 30 years. Uh, the problem with nuclear power is that it's still fairly expensive, and that's one of the reasons we'd be very happy that Bill Gates and many others are actually investing in making the next generation incredibly cheap. We'll see whether that succeeds. But obviously, if you get nuclear power that's not only safe, but also very, very cheap, it's going to be very hard to imagine that that's not the way the world is going to pick its future energy. So do you think if it's cheap, and it already is safe in my opinion, but if it's cheap, can you see any reason it will not be the dominant source of power? Only if people are really, really uh, afraid of it. But again, remember, coal power pollutes a lot. Coal power probably kills about half a million to a million people every year. So it's very, very dangerous. Uh, and obviously, we should clean up a lot of that uh, uh, air pollution, uh, whereas nuclear is probably one of the safest uh, uh, forms of power in the world, despite all that you've heard about Chernobyl and other uh, places, these are very, very undangerous 
technologies. But they're still expensive, so yes, you need to get them cheap. Once they become cheap, it may be such that the U.S. and other rich countries that still don't dare touch them because we have bad experience or mostly that we have bad PR from them, we will not use them. But obviously, China, India, Africa are going to embrace uh, nuclear power. All right. uh, but remember, this is not a given. We should we should be researching a lot of different technologies so we can find both the cheapest and the best and the ones that will actually succeed. All right. I was going to thank you, but I do have one question I have not seen you write on, and I would like you to uh, answer me, and that is, I think, between nuclear power and desalinization, humanity's future is very bright in those arenas. Am I wrong about desalinization? We will return. Bjorn Lomborg, my guest, I'm Dennis Prager. The Dennis Prager Show. That's where you want Dennis Prager here. One of my favorite people is Bjorn Lomborg. He is at the Hoover Institution at Stanford. Latest book is False Alarm about climate change. Founder of the Copenhagen Consensus Center. And uh, he is Dutch. A member of a people I consider... It's Danish, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Woo, that was a terrible. Yeah. I, Bjorn, <laughs> I can't believe. That was one of the great boo-boos of my radio career. Okay, what am I going to do? Uh, I, I, I should remember because I had you say happy birthday in Danish, and I, I found that to be one of the more challenging linguistic phenomena. So would you say that again, though, for those who are having a birthday today? Salute, Dennis. No, it was just Teluga. That was it. There was yeah. one much longer yeah. one. Was uh, it Happy uh, Happy New Tuluga, Year? Well, okay, Teluga my first thing. Nah, nah, we're talking. Nah, <laughs> that's what nah, I, that's talking. what I remember yeah. from my days in Copenhagen. So I have two uh, two uh, dreams: nuclear power and desalinization plants. I have not uh, read you on the second, and maybe you don't have a foreign policy, but I ga- I'm gambling on the belief that you do. Oh, I mean, look, desalinization is an obvious solution to a problem that a lot of countries, especially hot countries, have. They don't have enough uh, potable water. Uh, and I don't know if you remember, but uh, back in the late 1990s, a lot of people would be saying uh, the last wars about were about oil, but the next wars in the 21st century will be about water. Right. But of course they're not, because people build desalinization plants. So, again, this is one of those places where if you have enough energy, if you have enough technology and innovation, you can solve pretty much all problems. Exactly. So what stops people from building? I mean, I live in California. We're told about a terrible drought we're having, which is true. And why are we not building more desalinization plants? Um, I'm, I, I don't know specifically for California, but certainly in general, it's a very good question why you don't do this if the economics are there. Uh, remember, a lot of water right now is used uh, often to subsidize pretty inefficient farmers, uh, which is often not in California, I would imagine, but many places, not a very effective use of, of water. But certainly water for people, that is municipal water, 
is a very good investment and something that you should just have your decent sailonization plan. Well, God bless you. I'm sorry, my friend. All right, Bjorn, thank you again. It's a joy. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. 